So last weekend, guys, the second ever WGT DNVR golf event, we had the Tahoe Pene closest to the pin challenge on the Tahoe course on WGT. I didn't fare as well as I did in our first tournament, but it was still a lot of fun. And if you guys want to get involved, we are doing WGT golf events every weekend, I believe. So what you got to do, download WGT, which if you're not up to date on, is an awesome phone game. It's the most realistic golf game out there. Download it from dnvrgolf.com and then search for the DNVR Country Club. That way you'll be entered in for all our tournaments every single weekend. Have fun, compete against us, and hone your virtual golf skills. Check out WGT Golf on dnvrgolf.com. Colorado is the highest state in the Union and offers people who love to look at or climb mountains a variety to choose from. It has 53 mountain peaks over 14,000 feet. Let's go. We're back. Bring the energy, boys. What's up, everyone? High energy. Welcome to another episode of the DNBA show. We're going to bring the Tuesday energy today. Hopefully, oh, baby. Hopefully a little better than last night. Uh, directly <laughs> above me, the bearded man with absolutely no plan. It's D-Line, a.k.a. Eric. That's right. Eric, I what's have, up, man? I have no plan. I don't know. <laughs> How would I know what's up? I'm just going along for the ride. To the right of Eric, it's a guy with uh, a lot of plans and a lot of self-confidence. You know him as the usual host of this show. It's Adam Mata's. Adam, what's cracking? That's a good point. I do have a lot of confidence. Thank you for that. <laughs> and uh, a man that, frankly, should have more confidence given just the hair, the shirt, oh, everything he's bringing to the table today. <laughs> Below Adam, it's Harrison Wind. Wind thanks, for, thanks for the compliments on the shirt, but Great nowhere shirt. as uh, dynamic as your shirt. Thanks. I am. Uh, I would used to think I would never run out of flower shirts, but quarantine is really pushing that to the limit. Uh, but we're not alone tonight. We do have a special guest. So, Kale, okay, let's go ahead and bring on in Dave Dufour, podcast yeah. host at The Athletic. Yeah. Dave, returning to the show. I think he was with us on week one. Dave, what's cracking, brother? Was that week one? Of our show, I think. Wow. I think it was yeah. episode one, really. Episode, yeah. I can't of... believe I cannot believe you'll show your face here again, Dave, after that episode. I, I know. I got I got beat on a <laughs> question, right? <laughs> <laughs> have we have we ever talked about the fact I mean I talked to Adam a lot. Have we ever talked about the fact that I was mostly like a casual fan for like the two thousands? No. no. Oh no, but let's talk about or it now. like of oh. this show. No, 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 of the, of the NBA, <laughs> not of basketball. But, yeah. um, like, when did like, it start for you, Dave, the, the life? Oh, uh, I mean, <laughs> has it started? Uh, like, just because my motivations are, are different. But, uh, I mean, even up until, I don't know, I, I barely was casual during the 2000s. Uh, and then I think it was like 2008, yep. 2009 or so that I came back kind of <laughs> into the casual where – you know, all right, let me – I'll watch most of the playoffs and then started watching some regular season and then was still really, really in that mode where I might watch a game a week during the regular season, mm. uh, maybe a little bit more, until I started doing this four years ago. And I was like, okay, now I have to watch this until my eyes bleed. <laughs> what, like, what, like, was it a player or a team or a moment that kind of turned you from a casual to someone who loves this stuff? Or Oh, no, no. Well, so, like – I always loved basketball. Sure, sure. Right? Um, I, it was the uh, – what was the series? It was either the Brandon Roy series where he went off. Was mm. it 2008 or 2009? The, the game winner from like yeah. so far behind the line. Did you and, ever try that shot? Like, it is such a like, athletic shot that he hits because it's like 50 feet long, and yeah. he shoots it like a jumper fading backwards. I mean – guy was pretty strong. Like, I can't even make it to the rim on that. I've tried, I, I remember trying <laughs> to get a week. <laughs> yeah, like fading away at least. I um, hope this cuts at your confidence. I think, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, and it, it was the Celtics Bulls series where they had the overtime the baby games. Bulls. Yeah. yeah, and so I, I really got into to, to those games and then I was like, alright, well, let me the NBA looks better than it did in like 2003. Mm. Yeah. Right. For me, it was the decision. That's what got me into the NBA. I was a college basketball <laughs> That's guy. That's crazy. The decision. 
Yeah. You know what? Oh, though, I really? Have a theory. <laughs> I have a theory. It wasn't either yeah. of those things for either of you guys. It was just how much more accessible the NBA became with social media, with the internet, and with the way that it's. It was just the best league at like throwing it at you so that you could be immersed in it 24-7. Because for me, I was into it for the Carmelo Anthony years, but it was different. Like, I would watch the games, and then I'd move on with my life or whatever. Right, right, now yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, I can be on Twitter. I can just read all these blogs and do all these different things. And, like, the NBA has just been so good at, like, yeah. hey, you don't have to leave the NBA. You can just be watching it all day. Yeah, I didn't they're, do they're, any uh, of that. <laughs> like, until I started covering the NBA, I right. didn't use Twitter. I used Twitter as an RSS feed. So yeah, but, like but that's where I would get news. But I it, I got into no discussion or anything like that. Um, yeah, like so for me that was that came along with with this job. But the I'm big, telling you, the, but that's the same thing because you've been in this since like 2014, 15. You've been covering it, and Twitter came yeah. out 2007. But nobody was really on it till like 2009 or 10. So right. you weren't that far behind it. That's just all I mean is yeah, you might have been third wave of this or whatever. Sure. But but I feel like a lot of people got into it because you could do so many things with it. Whereas with the NFL in the early days and Major League Baseball, you couldn't do anything. They wouldn't let you share videos. They weren't, right. like, cool yeah. and have an online Baseball still rhythm. won't, right? I don't know. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot more room for the more, the excess on the margins yeah. in, in basketball than these other sports. Um, but I do want to move the conversation along to um, the television event of the year, a man who got a lot of people into basketball in a way they weren't before. That's, of course, Michael Jordan and The Last Dance. Um, we want to do kind of a recap segment here, Dave, but we're a little tired of the classic winners and losers segment. Uh, so we so we change it up a little bit. <laughs> you're going to call it stock report. Yeah. Kale, I don't know if you're with me here. We cha- we're going to go yeah. with stock report. <laughs> uh, we'll and we're going to leave that up there for the rest of the show, Kale. Just let, it know. let people Nightmare. really soak in on this. <laughs> Oh so my God. I've got a list of some individuals who came up in this <gasps> in this so-called documentary. Shout out Horace Grant, and um, we're gonna kind of go around the circle and see. Like, you tell me, are there stonks up or down? <laughs> Does that sound fun? Is everyone in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Can we? Ta- can I ask you though, where? What is my personal stonk doing after creating that graphic? Up, way up. What a hater, Kale. What a hater. All right. I'm going to start with um, a big name and an obvious one, but not the biggest name. So so we'll just go with Scotty Pippen. Eric, I'll start with you to my right. Stonk Report after 10 episodes of The Last Dance. Yeah, so I, I personally feel like kind of flat but i think in general he went down a little bit like in people's eyes don't you think i don't know after all was said and done like there was they they highlighted his uh 1.9 second thing like they highlighted uh, a couple like really disliking and going at jerry Krause and in sort of like uh in a more angry way than even michael did and um I mean, he didn't come off badly at all, but I, I think in general he was sort of a demigod, and so there's only down to go from there, right? So, <laughs> I thought um, the Kukoc bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. Scotty didn't look great. I mean, when when Mike is the guy going, you know, that might actually be a little harsh <laughs> to the media. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I actually think I fully understand where where Scotty was coming from internally in that moment, um, but you know, it, it it wasn't a great look for him. I thought. Well, and he, Jordan also jumped at the opportunity to pile on and say he was wrong. Right, and, right, right. Yeah. yeah. And then Scotty did himself no favors and by I also like, still saying, eh, yeah, I was fine with it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Scotty should have been the hero. One through like car, five no. or six, he was, stock was going way up. I think <clears> the <throat> second half of that stock kind of went way down. Because early on, vote, you were talking about, I had no idea he was, you know, they were talking about she should be an MVP candidate and this or that, and I think player people really saw that didn't get to watch him. Like, oh, this dude was like a <laughs> true badass. And then later on, you saw that okay, he had some like little flaws or this or that. I'll tell you the one thing though that to me made his stock go down the most was MJ saying, "I guess he had a headache." <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, dismissively, <laughs> just like. I don't know. My sympathies were fully with Scotty. Well, and then, well, hold on. And then, you know, he gets the back injury in in the yeah. final game in game six that he right. winds up playing through. Right. Don't think that that wasn't, a, you know. But he got injured in the first place. So, you know. But yeah, yeah. you know what's funny about that, though? They, they just opposed the, like, his back was hurt, so he had to just be a decoy. He couldn't do anything. With Michael Jordan's flu game where they're like, he could barely walk, but he was the best player 40. on the court. It's like. Although back right. is different than flu. Oh, yeah. Back- you can play through the flu and. Can't really play through the back in the same way. 
What, what I'm saying tell, though, is Scott, Scott, Scotty should have been the hero of this documentary, though. But unfortunately, mm. it was produced by Michael Jordan. He goes from the guy who was <laughs> under, underpaid. <laughs> he, he was underpaid criminally for his entire career, and then toughs it out in Game Six of that Jazz series. Like he should have been the unsung hero of this pod or of the of the doc. But um, just to yeah. be just just so everyone at home he didn't have realizes. Final cut. Harrison is definitely the Scotty Pippen of this podcast, just so you know. So, like, this is why you get the, the, the harsh uh, defense of, of Scotty. <laughs> how do you think Scotty feels about how terrible he, he hasn't commented publicly right. since the doc? So. I think the Horace Grant piece on ESPN today referenced that supposedly people close to Scotty think he does, you know, he's not thrilled with how it went down. Um, he shouldn't be. Yeah. yeah. Would you? No, no, I would not be. Yeah. I know I sat down. I feel kind of up about it. I like. Just thinking about Scottie Pippen again and like his game and like everything he was able to do. I mean, I know that he was put, he was painted maybe with not the most flattering brush, but just to th- I don't know for me personally, well, just even player, thinking about him, him again, I, like just watching him play again, I was like, God, that guy's incredible. The on the court stuff, aside from not coming off the bench and then you know like the headache oh, yeah. thing. Outside of that, it was Scottie Pippen was the second best player in the league for a good chunk of you know, the nineties and, and definitely a top five player, you know, we can debate or whatever, but he was one of the best players of that era and probably historically is underrated. That was the story, the Scottie Pippen story. That was the bulk of it. It was just that the bad stuff yeah, was loud. so bad, right. but here's the right. thing. Was he a good teammate? Great team. Scotty right? Pippen, incredible. His nadir is pretty low. His <laughs> went low because of the three like tiny instances where he was right. a bad teammate for a very short period of time. Like it, you made a bad decision, but everybody's like, "Oh, they love Scotty. He was the guy that put arm around you." So. And they won that game too. You know what I mean? I feel like that's the all almost gets forgotten. Yeah. Where I said, and Scotty cost him with his at well. You know, they yeah. won and then they moved on. It is but. still a huge black mark though. It is. Yeah, it's a, it is. It's a tough one. Um, I do think with a lot of these, we're going to find differences between maybe what the doc tried to do and how we end up feeling personally. Um, yeah. Let's go to a guy who played a surprisingly large role in this documentary, uh, Scott Burrell. Uh, so, <laughs> Wind, you kept referencing, like, if you didn't know anything, based off of this, you'd think he was, like, the third best player on the team. Um, how often he came up. Do you have a stonk report for Scott after ten episodes? I mean, Scott Burrell might have been the biggest winner of this entire Oh! Season. Oh, wow. Stonk's it, rising. His stonk might be up more than anybody. <laughs> Scott Burrell played, like, 14 minutes a game in 1998, and they talk about him like he was their sixth man or something. Yeah. Ugh. And he wasn't even that great in those 14 minutes either. So, I mean, he came out <laughs> huge from this uh, documentary. Huge. D- Dave, you look like you have some stuff to say. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And also, guess what? Scott Burrell came across as a guy that Michael Jordan really liked. Yeah. Yeah. Who also seems like he'd be a lot of fun to hang out with uh, because Michael Jordan wanted to hang out with him. Yeah. And can take all your shit talking. Yeah. Right, like it's true. Scott it Burrell did. is America's best friend. Stunk yeah. up, stunk <laughs> up. I will say it didn't start well for him. Wasn't like the first Scott Burrell scene. The first one was the like, uh, oh, he cheats on his girlfriend and he drinks every night. Parents like, wasn't that the first time he was in the yeah. documentary? Did like, you see oh, what wow. his now wife said on Twitter about that? What'd she say? She was like, I wasn't with Scott until 10 years after this, so great job, husband. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So, Dave, I'm glad you brought that up, though, because I think he's he's everyone's go-to example of, like, MJ's victims, right? But I don't think Scott was a victim. I think Scott was down for the ride. They were friends. Like, and and this is one of the things. Oh, no. You know, there's a... (laughs) Wow. Actually, all right. As a player, that's an insult. But yeah, but stonk report. As a person, yeah, as a person. The people love me. Um, They're not sure why, but they do. But you're yeah. hell. But like, <laughs> you know, we should talk our friends the worst, right? Yeah, like, for sure. And and you know, we saw enough of it to know that like, if MJ didn't really like fuck with you, he wouldn't have bothered. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, which uh, that actually brings me to a, a good person to talk about. Adam, Horace Grant, um, stonks up or down? Stonks up for Horace Grant, in my opinion. Like, I thought this was great. First of all, he had some great lines. Like, what was it he called the Pistons? 
straight up bitches or whatever with the style. <laughs> yeah, like he was awesome. Straight up bitches. Like He's that. aged well too. He looks good. Hey, he looks he like a man. I thought he came across charming. Um, yeah. You know, he doesn't again, look better than B.J. Armstrong. I think watching this documentary, you wouldn't really have a great sense for the fact that um, him and MJ had a falling out. Right. Like, yeah. Because I think they did a good job of sort of presenting him fairly and not like mm-hmm. like some of the other and, guys. That and they didn't talk this. about that at all. And they didn't talk about it. So <laughs> I think that was a positive. But the one thing I will say is he was great and I think you really liked him. But I think they really undersold how good of a player he was. That's mm-hmm. the only thing I would. And, and really, I, you could say that for every not Jordan player in the stock, but him in particular to me. I think that. There's a lot of reading between the lines here, and maybe it's just because I know because I remember him as a player and how important he was on the first three title teams. But they made such a big deal out of him beating, you know, the Bulls yeah. when he was with Orlando. And I think that they were essentially trying to point out, hey, listen, they were really missing Horace in that series, and he, right. you know, made them pay. Now, that, again, is me just remembering – that yeah, everybody thinks about Nick Anderson hitting big shots, but Horace Grant was incredible in that series. I mean, he was like the mm. veteran leader of that team. That did, you know, he was their Paul Millsap. My did dad you, used to always text me that, especially when this doc was coming up, because he knows I missed that. He said, "Don't." He said, "Make sure you research Horace Grant after this, because this guy was far closer to the next tier than kind of where he's been placed historically. Yeah, especially as a winner and." Yeah, and exactly, you know, and even in the I don't know where they compare talent wise, but that Draymond Green type of like elite role player, Draymond's I, I think well, a, a level higher, I think it but might yeah. be more like a Bosch. But it's more, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. But but Not I'm quite, getting but. at the understanding of that role, right, and, and the willingness to excel within it. Great passer, yeah. I mean, like the triangle was as good as it was for them because they didn't have any guys who couldn't pass, and Horace Grant was one of the best passing bigs in the league. Uh, had a nice little 15-foot elbow jumper. I, I mean, Horace, it was a big deal. As a Bulls fan, as a kid, it was a big deal to me when Horace Grant left. Here's a, here's an example for the, the way the, the documentary kind of tells the story it wants you to know. is like In 94, they were great. In 95, they were bad. Well, Horace Grant was gone between those years. So, like, right. it's not mentioned. It's just kind of – I think they say something like, by 95, we'd kind of run out of steam. And it's like, no. <laughs> like, he lost a lost major a like, you're player. A very key piece of what made you guys <laughs> He was on the good. other team that beat you. Like, it, it all played in. It yeah. all factored in. But, yeah, I thought he, he came off – I thought he was portrayed fine. I was actually interested to see how upset he was. I don't know if you guys saw those comments. That yeah. Well, yeah. Did you see that he, he was saying he was mad, basically, that Michael Jordan called him a snitch for being the one that reported to the... Did, did you guys get that sense that MJ was saying that explicitly? Because I actually I, didn't. I mean, he did. He, he, did, he said it. He did say that verbatim. He said that yeah. Horace Grant leaked to the media. Oh, he did? Yeah, he absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but then Horace Grant I, said, uh, well, but MJ thanks, said Mitchie, that. I agree. I like it. What, what did he say? He said <laughs> Jokic is the best passer in the league. Just just every now and then. <laughs> He's not even watching the show. <laughs> 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 and, uh, I it. That's amazing. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. What was I saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, we can move on. We got a long yeah, 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 yeah. Um I think this Who one. Who do we think was the leak, though? I have to ask you. Oh, oh, oh. Phil Jackson, no doubt about it. Yeah. The guy who has like five books on those things. (laughs) But also probably Horace Grant, too. Yeah, yeah, maybe everybody. BJ Armstrong was also like, "Look, everybody talked, right?" I mean, like, like, yeah. 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 Anytime you say that, you were involved in it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure that all those guys had had some thoughts and some things to say about MJ. Um, Steve Kerr, I thought one of the big winners of this doc, but that wasn't also that also wasn't surprising. Like his stock was already pretty high for me. Um, but it, but it did go up just in terms of like I, I don't know to, to see him in context as a competitor um, and to see you know like the way he talked about the Jordan incident I definitely gained respect for for him there. Yeah. How about how Steve Kerr punched first? How about that? Ooh, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Punched <laughs> in the chest. I was I've been trying to visualize this. Uh, like, probably just. What are you talking shoved, about? Like, like a shove. Yeah. 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 I, Kerr's huge winner. I, he might be the biggest winner of all of this for me, and only because like he and it's it, like he said, it's no surprise. But man, he just is just so charming, so likable, so like gets it. Clearly understands his role in the world and the universe, and it's just it, it's fun watching him. But it's uh, funny because he the way he describes his role in the world and the universe is not his actual role. Like he's like oh, you know blah, blah, blah. he's like a ultra champion coach. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah he, like he he won NBA 
major NBA games that where they shot. He's like a small piece of that, like in, right. in, in a meaningful piece. But he understands it's not like. Whereas Jordan's sitting here telling you about why these everything is like about him, and he's right. But he's right. telling you this, and Steve Kerr's like, "Yeah, I was just I was this little piece of it." Yeah, he's I know, about, but he's but but he's he's not acknowledging the level at which he was doing these minor things. It's like yeah, right. be, he's like you know somebody being like, "Well, I you know I was probably only the second best vice president." Like, yeah, you know, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, like, <laughs> well, and, and think about this. So he's a part of the the '90s Bulls. He's a part of the Spurs. During their run, and then he starts the run essentially for the Warriors, Um, and wasn't bad in Phoenix as an executive, except for didn't he win Executive of the Year? Yeah, yeah. So he was also incredible as an announcer. And yeah, as an analyst too. Yeah, yeah. He's an analyst. Everything. You're right. He's the last good TNT color guy. If you think about it, it's like the inverse of what Larry Bird did because Larry Bird, (laughs) like, was such a like phenomenally better player than Steve Kerr. And then was a pretty good executive and was a pretty good coach, but didn't reach the levels that that Kerr reached in those roles. So kind of interesting. Uh, Here's a quick one that I kind of want to answer for myself. Gary Payton's stonks are down. Um, I mean, I personally won't hold it against him, but MJ really did his best. Um, And what an all-time moment, the laughter, the chuckle, uh, whether he was right or wrong. um, Right. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Court of public opinion is close. Well, sorry. I, I said this last night, but I just love one by one everyone in this doc goes, Well, I stood up to him and Jordan's like, Yup, and that's and that's how he became my guy. And then Gary's like, I stood up to Mike and Mike goes like, yeah, so Gary I've got Gary down. Um, yeah. okay, I'm interested to see where you guys go with this one. A lot of meat on the bone. Jerry Krause. It's uh, a lot of sympathy in the first one because they just went so hard on him. Yeah, I mean, before they even show the opening, like the last dance credit thing, <laughs> you can see like they're just gonna rip Jerry Krause a new one. And then, so so sympathy stock goes up, especially because he's not yeah. around. Like, and you know, he couldn't have been on the dock to defend himself. Right, yeah. Um, so sympathy stock goes up, and then sympathy stock goes down <laughs> when you down. see, you know, him acting. I, I said this today on on one of our shows. Uh, it's like an architect coming in uh, once a house has been built by the contractors, wiping his brow, going, "Wow, man, I worked so hard on this." Oh, the, you know po- what the I mean? post game at the presser <laughs> yeah. in the locker room, right? I think and it's an organization. Organization. <laughs> And so stock, stock goes way down. and But then you see, though, like at the end of it, you're like, this guy built this incredible team. Right. And, and as, a, as an executive, at least, deserves quite a lot of credit. And then I even went further and said, you can watch just the way that they finished this documentary. You can see Rodman was mentally checking out. Pippen's body was falling apart. And, and Jordan didn't know if he really wanted to play or not. And you could say, okay, is it worth it to bring these guys back and spend, you know, it probably would have cost them like, I don't know, $50, $60 million. But, you know? but I, the- I, hold on. Now, this is, this is eschewing the emotional part of it and saying, well, of course you bring them back because that's just what you do, sports and nostalgia. I mean, Jerry Krause was essentially GMing like, uh, like we praise Masai Ujiri for doing. Right. Yeah. But but doesn't he get like major, major, major negative points for driving away Phil Jackson, which you could have if you're but, talking but, about like but MJ but, would have played the next year with Phil yeah. Jackson and you could find other role players. Time. But he's also the same guy that fired an extremely competent coach in Doug Collins just to get after Phil. Now I understand there was clearly personal impact. Well wait, not fight well or but I, now I understand I mean as it was Doug told Collins in the doctor was Doug Collins was a below average coach. Below okay. average. All right, so but like, he's still the guy that makes the coach. decision to go and get sure. Phil, and that was a risk at the time. So I understand yeah. it becomes a petty and personal well, Krause, thing. No, but... So Kraus pushed for Phil Jackson as an assistant. Yeah, right, right. But so, that was yeah, he, clearly, a... he was clearly grooming him the whole way to be yeah. this next guy. He, he but I'm saying the guy that took that risk. I know it becomes petty and personal, but he also needs to get a little leeway yeah. at the end of this thing in terms of hey, what's the next risk we need to take? Right. The next, but big Phil, decision. but Phil was going to get really expensive too and so i think and, and i'm Seems sure like you'll get to it. this I'm sure you'll get to reinsdorf but yeah. you know this is where 
if you look since then, what has Reinsdorf done when he's hired these executives? Like, they're constantly in these, like, uh, adversarial relationships with the head coaches. Uh-huh. Where You know what I mean? And Let's yeah, save yeah. Reinsdorf, though, because he's right, going to be that. coming up. But, but I I'm do just think, saying, yeah. this feels like uh, ownership impressing on management. This is how you need to be. I think Krause's stock is down only because the average person doesn't put a ton of thought into, like, trying to right. navigate the truth. But I do yeah. think if you do stop and just take the evidence that was presented to you in this documentary, his stock should rise. Like, I think we understand Kraus if, if you're really paying attention. Mm-hmm. There's the part that the documentary tells us about him that he, like, was sort of adversarial and he wanted a lot of credit and he said the wrong thing at the wrong time, had no charisma. But the thing that the documentary shows you but doesn't tell you is that he was super competent and actually right about a lot of this stuff, including, in my opinion, we can't say ownership is the biggest market advantage in sports and then also not say that organizations win championships, not not just players, like he said. We all agree on this. It's just how right. we phrase it. And he phrased it in a way that really sounds the dumbest and most like self <laughs> Uh, you know, flattering as possible. But what I, he was saying is actually true, in my opinion. And I also think there's this dynamic that this doc really did not explore, which is I'm sure there was this compounding effect of that Jerry was be, was being bullied and like and victimized on a personal level, like a personal level. And a guy that which maybe this is extremely assumptive, but just based off kind of the way he presents himself, maybe he experienced growing up as well. And he's sitting here and he's in this position and he's done all the right stuff and he's getting picked apart mercilessly by these dudes and no one seems to have his back. Now, maybe it's his own doing and, and I understand that, but we have to understand like how an already a physically actual small oh, man might have felt smaller and smaller. So lame. So lame. It's you, actually you, humanity. You know, it's actually how stuff so, works. But you, how so you works. tear the... You, you tear the bulls apart because you're sad no, that they were mean no, to you. Eric, like, Eric, you don't re-sign Phil Jackson, which is Eric, the reason that all the thing falls apart. It was flawed. It, was, like, yeah, it all comes down thing. to a, his him, how he personally felt. We're not talking about business at the end. We're talking about like he felt slighted by you, Phil Jackson, so he does not re-sign him. You constantly nah, do this there, thing, Eric, where you make it. talk, Eric, that Phil didn't uh, want to come back. David, yeah. Because of him. Because of him. Break, and it's just like, no appreciation. For <laughs> I know. I was just thinking this is like the Oscars there. playing the music, like, all right, wrap up your speech. All right, wrap it up, wrap it up. Let's get to Adrian. <laughs> I think it was probably partly because of Phil. Because of Kraus, but building over a while. Um, all right, guys. Mile High City. <laughs> um, get the last word in. <laughs> copper Lager. You can pick up a 15-pack. 12 ounce cans at Davidson's. Uh, you can pick it up at your local liquor store. Only 17 bucks for uh, 12, for 15, 12 ounces of the Mile High City Such Copper Lager. It's an awesome beer. It's an awesome deal. I, want, I choose to believe that they put it in a 15 pack to honor Jokic. That's I think really, so too. What, uh, else, what other reason? <laughs> no, no, there's no other reason. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So we make sure to pick that up Jokic this week. Pack. We'll call it the Jokic <laughs> Pack. The Jokic Pack. The Mile High City yeah. Copper Lager Jokic Pack. Yeah, yeah. You could ask for your buddy to give you an assist. Toss you, toss you Ooh, Mile High City. Look at that. For sure. Pixelated photo. <laughs> sure. yeah, it is clear in, in person. Just FYI. <laughs> Uh, also, guys, the wait is finally over. DraftKings has brought legal sports betting to Colorado. May have flown a little under your radar with no sports, but just imagine how much more fun watching a game will be when you have some skin in the game. The best way to get in on the action is with DraftKings. Their Tomorrow I'm going to have America's such a huge bet for you guys on DraftKings. The best bet you could possibly like oh, a lot. I can't wait to share it. Tomorrow it's coming. I can't wait. Yeah, so if you guys want to sign up for DraftKings, make sure you use promo code DNVR. I got to ask you guys, Ryan Konigsberg was betting on ping pong today. No. Uh, it looked like it could have been true. going down in, like, somebody's uh, garage. <laughs> fair, First fair off, foul. it was table tennis. Table fair, tennis. Fair yeah, foul. Ping pong. This is a pro sport. This is table tennis. I mean, it's fair as in so far it's legal for sure. But that's, that's what Yeah, like, are we going to be doing a doc, the DNVR doc in 20 years and talk about Ryan Konigsberg's gambling problem the same way we're doing Jokic? <laughs> He gambled the company away. <laughs> it wouldn't matter what it was. Table tennis, the KBO. He was throwing dollars all over he's, the place. He's in his DNVR bet sunglasses. <laughs> and then they poison the a, bojos. He just... does not have a gambling problem. He does not have he a has gambling a competitive problem. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code DNVR when you sign up. 
For a limited time, all new new users can get a sign-up bonus up to one thousand bucks. <laughs> That's right. So DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign-up bonus for up to one thousand dollars. Don't forget to enter the code DNVR and get that <laughs> sign-up bonus. Must be twenty-one or older. Colorado only. Bonuses comprise of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to five hundred bucks. Deposit bonus requires twenty-five times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com/sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Um, so you really are the Pippin of the uh, broadcast, in, especially with how slowly you, you read ads. <laughs> well, I could get through them a lot, a lot quicker if Pippen I wouldn't energy. have to deal with these interruptions. Like, He's, uh, yeah, I would get plus, through them twice as fast. Just, just like. Did Pippen you read the ad? Distractions. Did you read the ad before you just went on air? <laughs> no. What? Okay. what Harrison, Harrison's not trying to fuck up his summer. Read if ads. I may, if I may, like, you know, just uh, be oh, a professional. So read the ad ahead of time. Oh, stop. Get out of here. Get out of here, oh, he's, Dave. He's read, ad, he's read these ads everywhere. Right Get out of here, Dave. Talk about a stunk going down. Um, okay, so I want to move on, but we can't yet because we have, excuse me, the two most important figures to cover. Um, so let's go into Reinsdorf. Stonks up or down. Mara's. What do you think? I think his stonks is the same, but it shouldn't be. His stonks should be way down. Like, for all of the reasons that, I mean, honestly, like Jerry Krause just was, like, his shield throughout this whole thing. But Reinsdorf deserved a lot. I think if you don't know anything about him and you just watched this documentary, you would not have an opinion about him, which is a huge win. Because if you do know anything about him, you have a negative opinion about Reinsdorf. Um, and the thing that this thing didn't really do a great job saying, and what I've read and heard over and over again, I think it's a featured part of the, the Jordan rules. He didn't care for ba- basketball. He wanted his baseball team. <laughs> That's it. That's all he cared about. That's all he cared about. It would be a, it would be akin uh, to like if if the Cronkies were huge um, soccer guys. fans or yeah, or soccer or whatever. Or they were just like the Nuggets are rallying NFL up champions fans. with the greatest player ever, and they're like, oh man, you know it'd be great if the, the Abs were better. Like right, they were, you know whatever. So how can we get him into our minor league baseball? System? Can we get Patrick Waugh to come back? <laughs> exactly. We, yeah. No, we can't. That, that uh, bridge burned. Yeah, and my favorite part of it was where, you know, they would go through this whole thing. Uh, yeah, you're going to break up the team and all this stuff. And, you know, he's like, well, Jerry wanted to do it. I know, you're in, <laughs> charge. Like, you're in charge. Yeah, no shit, Jerry Reinsdorf wanted to do it. <laughs> he also that. Oh, good. I see this that, comment, though. I just want to say, I don't think this is true. I mean, first of all, the NFL, the deal that they had, the Cronkies the moving the Rams from their home, St. Louis to uh, Los Angeles, that netted them several billion dollars. Like, that was... Yeah, it's an so easy I think, decision. They, the, over the last five years, they've just... That has been such a labor-intensive project. But I, the both of the Cronkies are huge basketball fans. I mean, Josh... Particularly Josh. Yeah. Partic- but even Stan. They're both huge basketball guys. So I think basketball is actually very important to them they just happen to be frugal <laughs> they just happen to be you know very very frugal but you know what they're on the clock i've always said this i i have said that in the past they have been this or that or you know like their, their reputation precedes them they're on the clock because the next three four five years we're going to see if they're willing to, to, to do what but, it takes to win a championship but what does that mean on the clock what does that mean it means I don't blame them for not going to the luxury tax three years ago when people were like, well, they'll never do this or that. It's like, well, why for would Wilson you? Wilson Chandler and Kenneth yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I don't, when people complain about that, I'm just like, they built, they went from 30 wins, or they had an organization that went from 30 wins to 54 and all of these good moves. But now, now there's no more excuse. Now you're going to have to, you're going to have to spend some money. Um, and, for sure. And we'll see if they do it. Harrison, mm. neither of us were really familiar with much of this story um, coming in, coming out, I feel like. Reinsdorf, it's like, wow, he really has always been this cheap. Uh, he didn't seem to care. And I don't know if it's disinterest or ineptitude, but I I think a lot of this falls on him. Um, do you agree with me? Are his stocks down? Yeah, way down. Way down. I mean, he had 20 years to come up with an excuse for why he tore the team apart. And he, and he didn't. Because, <laughs> yeah. What was his excuse? Like, they wouldn't have the market value to bring him back. Oh, I mean, God, in, yeah. in, instead, he, like, instead the Bulls were the worst team in the like in entire Eastern Conference next year during the lockout, and like their and, best moment over the next decade was like a one Derrick Rose playoff run. So, so like, 
Yeah. Mark Cuban's not the best owner. He's not perfect or whatever. But the one thing I don't really question is that he actually likes what he's doing and he's in it for yeah. reasons outside of just money. Money is obviously a huge factor. But when a Reinsdorf says, I have Michael freaking Jordan and the three-time NBA champions and he says things like the market value wasn't there. Like, what <laughs> market value is there? For, like, by the way, or like put the it such there. thing as a market value the for Knicks, The Knicks are, are their cover <clears throat> through all this because – the Chicago Bulls, yeah. that's one of the, that was one of the most valuable sports brands in the world during this yeah. period, and it's been squandered, and we don't talk about that because yeah. we don't think about them yeah. in those terms. We right. think about the Knicks. It's true. But the league, look at, like, the league should be just as annoyed with the Bulls as they are with the Knicks, but the Knicks still sell tickets. Chicago doesn't. Maybe they should be more annoyed. Do you remember when David Stern was handing Michael Jordan the uh, MVP trophy? And he was like, thank you, Michael, for being in the league and selling as many tickets. And then my, Jerry Reinsdorf is just like, yeah, I don't know if MJ is going to bring the market value. I don't I don't know. Also, also, just as a person, he has the flattest affect. He's like a like a wooden board. He's also Jay just Reinsdorf. whoever put lipstick on him for these. Movies, like, <laughs> it's not like, the right decision. Yeah, you gotta you gotta refer him to your guy, Harrison, whoever that is. He just came off as like a bystander. I'm like, dude, you're not a bystander. You're the owner. Um, okay, let's move on. This is this is this the is one, stuff. the big one, Michael Jordan. I will go. Uh, Eric, we'll start with you. Oh, stonk separate now. Stonk the stonk through the roof. <laughs> the stock like bot like you can't even get in on this anymore like it, the stonks are out of control like the thing for me oh, personally right. is that um you know like i've always had an eye on the nba i was casual kind of like dave was coming up through a lot of the the jordan era but i did you know have an affinity for the nuggets because they're my home team but so i never really um I mean, you know, you guys know now how I consume sports. I mean, it's like you're either with me or against me. You can take that out on the way out. So when I see Michael nice. Jordan, like he's great, but like he's but like F him. He's not he's not on my team. So like now getting to watch it through just the pure, um, I don't know, observing him as who he was, being able to just take, you know, be on his team, essentially, um, in life, it, it felt good. I enjoyed it. So, <laughs> stonks way up for me, Michael Jordan. And you know, it, I feel like the I feel like the goat conversation is going to calm down for a little while. Maybe it won't. I don't know. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think there's a generational divide. Yeah, for sure. In, oh, of in course, without question. Who's going to see this is up or down? Because the younger folks that like, you know, the LeBron is the goat folks, the younger people. Yeah. Um, they're going to say, "Wow, this guy's a real dick." <laughs> to everyone a tyrant a bully i love it you know there's all this stuff right but then the older folks are gonna be like well yeah that's what duh. it takes to win baby well, yeah. right yeah. It, this adds yeah. to the legacy this is you're talking about specifically me versus brendan right now and, so well, you know. and you're, so, you're defining this almost exactly as I, think, I think the divide <laughs> what? no that's a perfect point <laughs> you're drunk with power kill you're drunk yeah, with that's power wrong. See, <laughs> there's the divide uh, so I think that the <laughs> generational divide is actually you're going to wind up seeing more division rather than, you know, for a long time. Maybe. It was like, uh, you know, either one. I can't argue against either one, uh, whatever. Um, but but in reality, nobody's talking about enough about Tim Duncan, who's the real goat. Oh, baby. <laughs> I love it. Let's wait. I came out of this thing just thinking Actually, Jordan's just an ultra freaking badass. Just, oh, okay. He's, he's freaking because you know awesome. Why, you know why you think that, Harrison? Because it's true. It's true. It's right. absolutely and true. And I thought that going in just, and, like, the behind-the-scenes stuff was cool, but I kind of thought this was the case going in. So, I mean, I don't think this doc really changed my opinion on Jordan like that oh, much, to be honest, man. It even changed my – I'll be honest. It even changed mine a little bit. I think his – I'm with Eric. The, the stonk is through the ceiling, <laughs> which is the roof. Um, his, it's just like so much – we talked about how nobody moves like him. Like the way he just like jumped and hung in the air and stuff is unique, and you can just identify, oh, yeah, that's Michael, and nobody else does that. Is the same – his trash talk was the same. His faces were the same. Like his interaction, the way he just walked up and down the bus and, you know, through the – everything about him was just – so freaking cool and i don't it, yes there's some propaganda in here yes there's certain things about him that weren't good or things that were brushed over or this or that but you don't 
need all of that even context just to look at him and be like, this dude is a total badass. He's incredibly great at basketball. He's hyper competitive in exactly the ways that have been like mythologized over the years. And it just was natural to him. Like him talking trash to everybody and his confidence going into game seven and saying, we will win the game. It, even if he said it today, I just feel like he has a way of being both cocky and arrogant, but also disarming. Like it's, it's, it, you watch him up there, and you're kind of like, yeah, they are going to win. Like, <laughs> like how do I know? He, MJ said it. That's... Yeah, exactly. That's how I know. Like, <laughs> it, it, it's right. So stock through the roof. Wind? No, stock up for sure. For sure. Yeah. All right, good stuff. Yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, his stocks are up. I mean, yeah, of course they are. He wanted them to be. It's perceived that way. <laughs> um, he, just, he just made a bunch of money off this documentary. Yeah, like... He's cool again. And honestly, man, the thing that really I will hammer is, like, before this doc, for people my age and under, like, MJ's coolness is, like, almost like a dad talking about Pearl Jam. Like, I buy it, but <laughs> it's not a part of my life. You know what I mean? And, like, yeah, I was at a party, that, and on, no one man. was playing, no one was playing Pearl Jam. Um, but, you know what I'm saying? But now Michael Jordan, right now, in my life, he's never been more at the forefront of the public right, eye yeah. and discourse. And, well, and that's actually a, the, listen, and that's he, actually a first time. He's over 20 years removed from, like, the real end of his career. We're not counting the Wizards years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Neither the guy, he, apparently. listen, uh, <laughs> the, the guy still sells shoes. Um, you know, he owns a team. I, I'm just, like, we, we just had five weeks of Michael Jordan centric content where everyone pulled out every damn story that they had. Right. Yeah. Like it's great. That isn't going to happen with uh, anybody who's playing now. Yeah. Agreed. It's not going to be like that. Agreed. I'm a huge LeBron guy. I can't see the LeBron doc being compelling. Nobody's you know? buying any LeBron shoes after he retires. I don't even know if they're buying uh, them now. I don't think they are. I I, I'm pretty them. sure people are. I don't know, but <laughs> I'm not, I'm not I see the team shoe too clunky. Mm. Um, <laughs> they look like boots. Kayla's drunk with power. We, we, yeah, we, 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 <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's keep this going, though, because yeah, I left off a couple stuff. of big names and screw it. It's our show. We don't. Yeah, right. What do we care? We don't have to there's, no, there's no reality. Uh, what about Phil Jackson? Who, oh, uh, there's only one answer, guys. Yeah, so Let, he, he went from Scott like. Burrell. <laughs> he went from like really high up here to like really high up here for me. He's um, one of the coolest people in or out of sports. Um, he's cool. His, he is his, also very cool. His presence, his voice, but also like his contributions, and you know, we we are privy to a lot of different forms that genius can take in society. There's a lot to appreciate, but like emotional genius, you know what I'm saying? Spiritual sure. genius. I think Phil actually falls into that category. And what a unique kind of archetype for someone who is in a traditional sports story, the story story of a hero. So, what a cool dude. Uh, you know. Greg Popovich gets a lot of credit for the relationships that he builds with his players. But if you, if you take a closer look, it's like, okay, but you have to do it within the Spurs way, right? Phil Jackson had relationships with his players, but Phil Jackson met them where they were. And that's why I think Phil was able to get so much out of individuals, right? Like he got a ton out of the individual and Steve Kerr, by the way, very good at this in a similar way to, to Phil. Yep. But got so they much out of the got so much him. out of I mean, the individual, but then also got them to harness it in the team. Yeah. And whereas Pop and, and this is not a knock on Pop, I think Pop is like the second greatest coach of all time behind Phil Jackson. Um, but Pop definitely gets that team part, right? So he builds that camaraderie. But I don't know if like we ever saw him like maybe Tim Duncan, you know, is like the only example, which by the way, fantastic example. But you've got <laughs> this guy who was just you know, like felt like the coach was actually able to elevate this guy to to that sort of level. I love this comment here. Michael Malone could use his Zen master. Like, <laughs> like Malone might be the opposite of a Phil Jackson from a temperament standpoint. Yeah, Phil and just, I mean, like so he's, rarely rattled. I was gonna Phil. say he's a literalist too, though. And the right? way it like, seemed like um, he never tried to 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 even harness a Michael or Kobe, merely just guide no. them, right, or oh, channel yeah. them, and and. 
I don't know. Or Dude, Rodman. He's, 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 he's Rodman, man. Hey, like the Rodman. Rodman part where he left and Phil is clearly pissed, but it's just like, well, of course he's gonna freaking play. I like, do what this am I gonna do this dude in the finals? Come yeah. on. Yeah, well, even even more like, it. yeah, he facilitated that stuff. Right. Like it, it, it was more yeah. than just like letting it happen. He like wanted the leaders yeah. to be on the floor and to to run, you know, with the uh, mob justice and you know for it to be like kept in house and. So this but, is a tangent, but, but I do wonder, and we've talked a little bit about this, but I do wonder if part of why Malone keeps talking about we need somebody to step up and challenge people and this or that, and I do wonder if it's Malone is that guy, and maybe, and, and look, this is I'm not trying to bail out the players. They ultimately need to overcome whatever obstacle, but I do wonder if it's not an environment that fosters itself to that. Well, I do wonder if Phil was here, if he would allow certain things to boil over on purpose because it's like they're either going to figure this out on themselves or not. I can squash out this little fire. But another one's going to pop up in a month and a month and a month. It, and I just wondered that to me, that seemed like Phil's genius was he was like, this is a thing. This is a test. And they have to figure it out themselves, not me figuring it out for him. I also think, though, that he was he had that he had that paired partner. Right. He got to be the good cop. Oh, yeah. Michael Jordan was the bad cop. Kobe yeah. was the bad cop. Kobe didn't do the thing where he built the personal relationships like Jordan did. Kobe kind of skipped that part and ignored his teammates, <laughs> and which is why they think about it though. That's why they had quite a bit of like unrest within that locker totally. room. Those locker rooms. It seemed like Kobe figured that out later on, but yeah. well. um, I think unless you've got <laughs> once like, he was you, done playing, right? Yeah, um, you need that, but you need that player that can either be the good cop or be the bad cop. Yeah. And yeah, see, they like, do not have any bad well, cops. Well, think about the Spurs again, right? Like, you had Greg Popovich, who would shoot people <laughs> out. He also would take people aside after or whatever. But you had Tim Duncan, who was Mr. Big Brother, and also yeah. got chewed out the same way. Right, and accepted. Yeah. Right. I wonder, maybe you could shed light on this. Phil really, I really soured on Phil when he just, in the last stage of his career, when he just didn't adjust to the new game. Like, it really irked me when he couldn't figure out that corner threes were not bad shots, as he is on record saying, when he talked about the Warriors not being able to win with their style of play. Like, it does seem like everybody eventually yeah. falls out and just, like, loses their it's fastball, weird. and maybe that's him. But at the same time, I watch this, and I'm like, dude, he really is such a great person, manager, and leader, and all these different things. And I can't reconcile that with the fact that his takes on basketball at the end of his career were so bad. Yeah, uh, it's weird because the like whether that shot is worth three points or not, it is the most open shot typically. That weak side corner, right? Like yeah, you, yeah. it's a whole point. The geometry like, of the court, exactly. And so you know, even without that, it's an open jump shot, which is you know supposed to be a good shot. Uh, it's great because of the three point line. Like it's not a hard concept. I've right. I have watched basketball with people who not are, are not into basketball. Some that have never watched basketball. And I, the question is usually, why don't they shoot every shot as a three, right? Because like, they're open mm. more often and all these other things. So I don't know why he couldn't do it. Uh, I actually think the triangle – I mean, the triangle is alive in, in a few offenses <coughs> in the NBA. I mean, the Warriors, the Spurs, a little bit there. Not, not that much for you guys, although Jokic would be fantastic in the triangle. But just moving it out to the three-point line is totally doable, and you could still take advantage of – you know, like a spread pick and roll type action. Uh, why he never figured that out, I don't know. Why he tried to get people who were not like triangle, you know, tried and tested to coach it with inferior talent, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. you know, you when when things work as well as they have for Phil, I think at a certain point you just say, "Well, it's worked up to this point," and he's mostly been right. Yeah. Wrong right. one time. Yeah. I think I'm we glad all just this, lose it eventually. I'm glad this happened, though, because, again, going back to the people my age thing, that's a lot of our last memories of Phil was the Knicks tenure, which is, like, the <laughs> worst <laughs> way to remember <laughs> Phil Jackson. Well, know? yeah, I mean, that's that's tough, though. That's GM versus coach. like Different different, different gigs. Different well, yeah, gigs, I mean, it's sure. completely – well, I mean, listen, if you're a GM, you're putting – you're all about – your plan and your theory being put into place. And if you're the coach, you're carrying it out. And so he has, you know, as a coach, he has the ability to affect what's happening on the court so much more than just philosophically being in the, in the front office and just sort of being like, I think this would work like with Phil, maybe on the court, actually preaching it to the players. Maybe it would still work, you know? Yeah. Let's lightning around these last ones. Cause they're, they're, they're interesting for like 20 seconds. My biggest winner <laughs> of the whole thing was Tony Kukoc. Uh, what a, what? Wow. What, a what a sweetheart. Um, 
and they tried to come for him, and it didn't work. I felt bad for him the whole time. He came off as competent, underrated, unbothered, comfortable in his own skin. Like, good for Tony, man. Good for Basketball Tony. Hall of Famer Tony Kukoc. Yeah, Phil, it worked Phil out. Phil Jackson a, drawing the playoff for Tony Kukoc was the right call and the easy call, I think. And he hit the shot. I really like, wish Pippen, they had Pippen talked wasn't that, that like... Kukoc was definitely the guy you wanted to shoot that. No, I'm not yeah. even like being sarcastic at all. No, I, d- I thought I he had believe- the quote, the quote of the whole doc when he was like, I mean, I did hit a lot of game-winning shots that year. <laughs> it's, not like it was, it's not like I was like Steve Kerr. Dave, you know about my guy, he was a way better Zel- Zel- Zeliko Obrovic? Zel- Zelko Obrovic, yeah. Yeah, apparently yeah. he's uh, the, the, he's- the Phil Jackson of Europe. Yeah, he's pretty it's good. A not, a, not a He's justy. pretty good. Um, yeah, Ku coach. I I would say stock up as well because yeah, you're right. he is a sweetheart, man. But he he won the doc for you. He was the yeah. number one. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a stretch. Honestly, the harder they tried to dunk on him, the, bigger, the more he won for me. He was such a chill guy. Um, John Paxson stonks up. Really, I don't know. I don't know much. I don't yeah, have yeah, a yeah. He's in such uh, a small part of this. I think it's Ray- down because when you saw the interview, you were just reminded, like, oh, God, this guy really did run the Bulls for the last couple <laughs> years. Uh, <laughs> Reggie, stonks up or down? Up, way up. Probably up, way up. Although, you know, we had this discussion on the show today, uh, people trying to debate whether Reggie was a better player than Pippen. And no, absolutely not. It doesn't mean Reggie Miller was a bad player, but he – Scotty Pippen was on a completely different tier, but yeah, Reggie, like Reggie, as a as a Bulls fan, you were scared of Reggie because mm. every time he got open, it felt like he was going to make it. And he seemed like, I mean, it's all easy to say after the fact, but he just seemed like he was up for it, man. Like listening. Oh, Reggie, Reggie Miller episodes. is one of few players. As Ben Taylor has has talked about this on his show, one of the few players who was better throughout his career in the playoffs than the regular season. Michael Jordan, another one. But it's yeah. very, very rare for a player to statistically improve, not on a, even on a per minute basis in the playoffs. He's one yeah, of and also it's it's like really nice to see these guys that you see all the time as the second part of their career in the right. primary part. Like yeah, where yeah. you're like Reggie Miller is annoying, but then you like see him on the court, you're like Reggie Miller is a killer. He's yeah. incredible. Yeah. It's, yeah. Adam, you've said this, but it's actually impossible how much cooler he is in yeah. between and outside of the lines. Like, <laughs> on the court, <laughs> ultimate badass. Off the court, corny ass. Dude. So corny. Uh. So corny. But, um, but such a badass in the games. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. He really was. Second best an... basketball player in his own family. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, another gentleman who's, who seems to have a different rep in between and outside of the lines, Isaiah Thomas. Stonks up, stonks down after Ooh, this documentary. I think maybe. Man, that's a great one. It's going um, down. I, I mean, his stonks weren't high. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, probably, honestly, probably up a little bit. Mm. But down because it reminded people of all his right, other right. stuff. <laughs> that's, what honest, I, that's what I got from it. The documentary only highlighted the bad parts of him. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, but, but the thing is, also, just being highlighted in the documentary brought up every yeah, other true. thing, I right? Know. Like Carl Malone, for instance. Yeah, Barely yeah, yeah. in this thing, and stock is way down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah I, pretty I, much yeah. every time he shows his face, his stock <laughs> is down. But the Pistons, the, the Isaiah thing, like, the Pistons were the only, like, challengers that were presented as comparable and worthy in this stock. Like, I mean, to me, it seemed like everyone else was like, yeah, they gave us a hard time, but let's skip to when we win. Well, but the Pistons <laughs> stuff, because he fell short so many yeah. times... Uh, th- that might was I mean, psychologically. Yeah. So, of course, yeah. And, and I think that, you know, the Pistons, I remember those series, right? Like, I remember the Bulls getting beat and me thinking uh, in 90, there was no way the Bulls were going to lose. And then back to Pippen having a headache, right? Uh, I guess. I remember that. And, <laughs> I guess he had it. Yeah, I guess he had it. <laughs> and I think that that hurdle was so big. And and then you add on there was the personal part of it for Mike, yeah. Because beating the Pistons is literally like they looked at that as all right. Now we trampoline into the dynasty, because the Pistons had been so good sure. in the East at, at the end of the eighties. So like in the grand scope of Jordan's career, it we tend to focus most of our conversation and talk on that last ninety one to ninety eight. But I think for Mike, I bet he probably thinks about eighty four to ninety so much more because that really formed who he was, yeah. you know, as a professional basketball player. 
And, and so when he wants to tell the story, I wasn't shocked that they spent so much time talking about the Pistons. Because, oh. you know, again, and this is me, I'm playing like uh, armchair psychologist here, but I think that for Mike, that was like, you know what, that was the last real hurdle that was, you know, competition externally rather than internally. Like Mike oh. always thought, you know, he just had to beat himself essentially to win, yeah. right? Like I'm not going to lose to me. I'm going to crush everybody else. And so I'm going to win. But I think that he didn't believe that until he beat the Pistons. Wynn, do you want to hit another uh, another read for us, brother? Damn, that was supposed to be quick, wasn't it? (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Yeah, that was the lightning round just for (laughs) Uh, MSU Denver Online puts a dynamic education at your fingertips without forcing you to decide between earning a degree and living your life. MSU Denver is the Colorado institution providing rigorous and affordable online programs taught by professors who bring the real world into the classroom. You could could actually take a class from Dr. Travis Heath. You could sign up for MSU and be in his class. How great would that be? And and you heard him say on this podcast, there are no wrong answers. So that sounds like an easy A. (laughs) I would bet he's a great teacher and an easy grader. I think those things are are probably true. MSU Denver Online, great for first-time freshmen. Or if you are looking to get another degree or go back to school, MSU Denver Online is a great place to do that. Um, also, guys, let's see what else we got here. We, what else we got here? Oh, yeah, we got Manscaped today. Oh, let's hear about Manscaped it. Oh, the Lawnmower 3.0. Oh. Right. Oh. Dave, Dave <laughs> it's incredible. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, let's see here. It's so incredible God, that I'll feel for you while you look for the copy. Uh, Kale, you know what to do. You know what to do. Come yeah. on now. Come on, buddy. Listen. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Manscaped 3.0. Just because you can't go out doesn't mean you can't take care of yourself. That's right. Listen to this. Listen to this, guys. The Last Dance documentary has brought up the ongoing debate that no one will ever win. Is Michael Jordan the GOAT? Is LeBron the GOAT? One thing we do know for sure is Manscaped is the GOAT. For the below the belt group, we do know that. This is actually true. Don't gamble on manscaping like MJ did before Game Two of the '93 Finals. Play it safe with the lawnmower 3.0. I bet the lawnmower 3.0 would work pretty well on an actual goat too. Yes, Eric. Probably. Yeah, yeah, it would. would. Uh, You guys get it for 20% off plus free shipping with the code DNBR20 at manscaped.com. We, you have a couple more of these real quick while we wait. Drew is going to hop in. Nobody wanted to hop in on the steps today. No, no contestants. They're scared. The steps. I know. Scared. My fear is that Beeston is afraid. I'm calling you out. Beeston, you yeah. have not Get on here. Always in chat. Never. Manya on here. Manya too. All, like yeah. I'm going to call everybody out. Um, but you know, <laughs> let's do right, got, while we wait for Drew. I got one more. Uh, okay. Chuck. Not a ton of Chuck in this doc, but did it change oh. how you feel at all? I mean, I love Charles Barkley as a basketball player. I think he's uh, funny as a TV personality. I, it didn't really change anything for me, again, because right. I remember how good he was in that uh, that MVP year in Phoenix. I mean, he, he oh, yeah. really was just incredible. I really thought Phoenix might beat the Bulls. Was he That year, was he... The, t- the second best player in basketball, top yeah, three. Yeah, for I mean, sure. Is that yeah? Absolutely. Look at this quote. Is this a Michael Jordan quote? If you've ever heard one, you can't lose if you don't play. Isn't that what Michael said? Wait, no, maybe no, the opposite right. of that. This is the opposite. This is the opposite of Michael mentality here. Unbelievable. Also, I see this one here. Somebody saying, "Can you give us a timetable?" The show is always. Um, Monday through Thursday, eight to nine o'clock Mountain Time. I have no idea what that is. Belgrade time. I'm guessing four to five in the morning. Both guys, uh, <laughs> both guys, seven. we call out. And have then on a reason. Friday, it's at noon, which is probably like eight o'clock Belgrade time, I believe. So, um, so that that's it. All right, we have our contestant for the steps. Oh yeah, Drew Creaseman is here, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, I, can't, here. I can't believe you showed your face here, Drew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is this a mountain beach? What are we? What are we looking at here? Oh, it's the logger. Uh, oh, it's logger. the copper logger. I love patented. This is how my philosophy professor used to teach, Jerry. He'd just lean into your face, right yeah. up into the camera. <laughs> you gotta have a signature move. This is an NBA. Drew, podcast, did you right? get the uh, Did you get the fifteen can sampler? Is that where you got that from? I did. I got it delivered yeah, from Davidson's even. Drew, it drives me crazy that the that the Avs guys have claimed ownership over you. You've become a, an Avs guy. And well, we don't here we him. are. Do I want to see Phillips is overrated. I do not claim Drew in this house. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I've been 
what it took it's been 60 seconds and i Sorry. you've already got everyone to hate me i, I think about it a lot drew when you I want think, it's on you and for true but what, what do we have to do to win you from the abs guys is it we could be, get beer or what, what, yeah. what's it gonna take this, this is a tough one man I, i'm <laughs> such a huge nba guy and yeah i just got my heart broken so bad oh no maybe the steps aren't for drew <laughs> i'm not gonna know any so drew is a, a carmelo guy not necessarily a Jokic guy is that right am i am i misleading if i say this that's fair i it, i i'm not i have no anti-yokich feelings whatsoever in fact i i enjoy watching him play i was just a an enormous carmelo fan okay. and I haven't been into the team as much lately. Okay, we're gonna get you on board like we like we did with the uh, with the abs. We're gonna get you back, but um, but first we're gonna completely humiliate you. <laughs> right after, <laughs> after this, that's when we'll get you back. First, start by telling people my most controversial Nuggets opinion. Like, <laughs> Sorry, dude, you don't get to hide that one. It's so wrong. Unbelievable. These are bullying techniques, Brandon. You you chide them techniques. until it's your turn. All right, Kale, oh, number one. Like... Load this one up. Num- question number one. Climb the steps, and Dave, of course, remember. I I don't know if you know the rules, but you can help him out. Oh, you, you're both he's lifelong Nuggets fan. You you can I help can, him out with any I can question. Answer. You can you, yeah. can you, you can, can advise him oh. to answer. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. oh, yeah. Ultimately, Drew has gotcha. to verbalize what the answer is, but you can say whatever you want. I you can just choose got to done talking or... about how casual of a fan I was before I was <laughs> making money doing this. So. Let's go. Question number one: How many playoff series did the 2019 Denver Nuggets win? One? Oh. No, 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 no. Oh, wait. <laughs> Come on, man. They won. Wait a second. No, because they had... No, wait. How many did... Come on. See, I'm already terrible at this. Let's go with two. I, hey. it's, wait, wait, wait. Wait. No, wait. Guys. Oh, my God. Is he, did he talk I forgot. Like, okay, sorry. I thought this was an easy question. Sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I get paid to cover the NBA, and I can't remember. How many series did the Nuggets win? <laughs> not did they appear. Not how many did they appear in? How many did they oh, win? Oh, 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 oh. Last okay. summer, guys. Okay. You're right. I You're was right. literally You're right. covering a different professional sport. You're right. <laughs> I don't know what you guys have answered here. I'm so confused. Which answer? He said one. In? He said one. One. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. 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 Sorry. I thought you said how many were they in? Yeah. Okay. There you go. All right. Question number two. What number <laughs> did Allen Iverson wear for the Denver Nuggets? Three. That's your final answer. Now I know that was his number. Now that you've asked me that, and you said for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, yeah. No one else that is correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nicely done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> number three. What team did the Nuggets acquire Jeremy Grant from? Um, it's uh, north of north of Dallas. Don't do that. Every guest always wants to not say that because when he does, give a separate trivia. <laughs> Oklahoma right? City. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. yeah. That is correct. I'm proud right. of you, Drew. You guys are a real dream team, the two of you together. Yeah, that is <laughs> what My continent goodness. did Tory Craig play in before the joining the Denver Nuggets? Oh, I can't remember. No one said there were going to be Tory Craig questions. Uh... <laughs> Oh, he's out. <laughs> Go back to the abs, so guys. So close, so close. It was Australia. <laughs> he comes from the uh, NBL, right? The uh, Australian the league. I couldn't remember. He was a dominant Australian basketball player. He also did play in New Zealand, but his last uh, stop before the NBA was Oh, that's right. Is it the Breakers in New Zealand? I think? Yeah, New Zealand. Breakers. Oh, they're going to be so proud of me in Australia. Shouts to Australia. Um, yeah, he was. He witnessed a kangaroo fight. He has never done a shoey. Neither have I. Apparently, I mean, we have to do this. Will be a thing where if they, if the Nuggets win a championship, we're doing, we're all doing shoeys. That's just I'll find a, rule. a different way to celebrate. What's a, a shoey? I don't even know what this is. It's really intuitive. It's where you apparently the, you drink out of a shoe. Yeah, you pour yeah. your beer into not a shoe, your shoe. You take <laughs> your shoe off, you mm-hmm. pour your beer into it, and then you chug it from your 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 shoe. Yeah, that's good. Not so I'm not doing that. And then I'm you not put your shoe either. back on and just like go about your life. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like ruining two parts of your night at once. Yeah, you know, a sloppy sock the whole rest of the night. 
I love. I don't. You don't know this, Dave, but um, our our following at DNVR Nuggets is like um, you know ninety percent Americans, but the other ten percent is like nine of that ten percent is Australians and Serbians. So um, those are our people. Two, two, those are our people. Where Why are the welcome. Australians? I they love oh. the Mellow Era Nuggets for some reason. We can't <laughs> yeah, figure it out. Isn't yeah. that funny? funny? It's pretty funny. All right, guys. Um, I think we're out of gas for tonight. We, have, we haven't locked in that guest yet for tomorrow, so that announcement's still to come. But we'll be on tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, Monday through Thursday. Every Monday through Thursday at 8 o'clock. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for watching. And we'll talk to you guys tomorrow night. Adios, everybody. Good night, Australia. Good morning, <laughs> Serbia. <laughs> All right, guys, fun show today. Thanks to Dave for coming on. Before we get out of here, if you schedule a cleaning x-ray exam at Green Mountain Dental Group, they will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's all you got to do. Schedule a cleaning x-ray exam at Green Mountain Dental Group, which is located just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. They're the best damn family dentist in Denver, and they will give you a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Hit them up today.